As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love to win. You are now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, Deshaun Reed, ready to get you fired up and excited for another Sunday night football game that we uh, expect and hope will stay on Sunday night football. Like last time the Raiders were supposed to play on Sunday night, uh, this week is so far... Uh, been dominated by news with the COVID-19 reserve list. Uh, with the Raiders seen a good chunk of their defense uh, land on the list. It started with Cleland Furl, LaMarcus Joyner on the list. Wednesday afternoon added to the list were Jonathan Abram, Malik Collins, Jonathan Hankins, Isaiah Johnson, Arden Key, and Kendall Vickers. I mean, that's a good chunk of guys that the Raiders are going to at the very least, not have it practice. They hope to get most of those guys back for the game, but we will see. We'll obviously depend on the testing. Uh, I guess the bright side is at least Max Crosby, the linebackers, and your starting cornerbacks are uh, are going to be able to practice. Yeah, and also, I guess, I don't know if you said uh, Irving also, David Irving, because he's a practice squad, he was also on COVID, but he's not on that first list. So seven seven guys total today were added to the list. So, yeah, it's definitely a big blow. And you had the three guys uh, already were on the list, and, and Furl, Joyner, and Littleton, that's ten guys off a of defense that um, – can't really afford to lose a couple guys, so I think it's going to be rough. But ideally, they all pass these tests the next five days, and the last one will be Sunday morning, and they can play, except for Furrow. Furrow, that's a positive. But the other guys can all have a chance to play on Sunday. Yeah, and Littleton is not known if he's tested positive for the virus, but under the assumption that he did, the window that he would have to come back, you know, if he displays symptoms, will be 10 days since he was since he tested positive, which would make him eligible to potentially – return Sunday. Obviously, he had to pass negative tests and things of that nature, so he's somebody else that there's an outside chance that he could be ready to go Sunday, but he probably ends up in that same boat as Pharrell. So at the least, they're, they're probably down two defensive starters this week going up against the Chiefs, which is obviously not a great situation. Deshaun just tweeted out here Wednesday, uh, the potential starting defense. This is just under, let's say, none of those guys that are on the list are able to get cleared. Here's a potential starting defense, the guys you would have figured to see that get in the first team reps at practice. 
would be on the, the defensive line, Max Crosby, Daniel Ross, Mo Hurst, Carl Nassib, your linebackers, Nick Kwiatkowski, Nicholas Morrow, and your secondary with Trayvon Mullen and Damon Arnett at corner, Nevin Lawson as a nickel, and Eric Harris and Jeff, and Jeff Heath manning the safety positions. You'd like more depth, but that is a workable defense, but, uh, you know, still. Yeah, and not just that. I mean, these guys aren't going to be able to practice, and the Chiefs are going to be coming off a of bye week. Andy Reid's probably going to have a bunch of plays drawn up, ready to go, and I'm sure Gunther would like to install some new calls and switch-ups and things to give the Chiefs different looks, but they're not going to be able to do it on the practice field. They're going to have to do it through Zoom meetings and, and whatnot. So that obviously, even if they all come back, the practice time I think is going to be a significant issue. Yeah, this is sort of a repeat of, on a larger scale, what happened going into the Bucks game when, when Trent Brown tested positive and the entire offensive line and Abram were placed on the reserve list and only practiced once. Obviously, that game didn't go well for the Raiders overall, but I think the offensive line did a better job than most expected. So uh, this is something that the team has had to deal with before this year, not quite to this scale, So, but at least they'll have some sort of familiarity with how to navigate it, particularly Abram, since this is his second time going through it. Yeah, I wonder why. I mean, again, the league, I think, is kind of guessing as they go along what they're going to do about these kind of things. But, you know, they moved that uh, the first game, the Bucks game, because they're afraid of if everyone tested positive, they wouldn't have enough guys to, I guess, have a competitive game because they had five guys in that same O-line group. But looking at this list right now, it's six D-linemen from what I can tell. So that'd be, I mean, that'd be a lot. I mean, I'm not sure if that's going to factor into – I'm trying to move the game or if they want to stay put because they're trying to fight through this. But uh, to me, it's kind of a similar deal why they moved the game the first time. Yeah. Well, last time around, they, they announced that they were moving the game on Thursday. So maybe tomorrow we get that news if they're going to do it. But you would imagine that they, they probably would. I mean, I know there's a chance that these guys could play, but there's also a chance that they end up testing positive, you know, sort of like the, the Titan situation where guys don't test positive until days later. And so you would think that they would probably move it to, to add to that flexibility to maybe push it to Monday or Tuesday or, or something like that if it's needed. Maybe one reason that they might not is I think if you look back at that week, that was probably the first time that there was really this large scale of close contacts that were going to have to go on the list. And, you know, I think since then we've had more experience with teams having to put guys on the close contact list for, you know, several days leading up to the game and not practice. And then those guys go out there and play. And so, I don't say this as an insult that they're making it up as they go, because we're all making up this year as we go. Everyone's just trying to figure out how to navigate everything that is getting thrown at us this year. I know a lot of people want to criticize the league for not being consistent with how they, how and when they move games, but they are, it is a lot of it just, we're all winging this year. I mean, that's, that's the definition of 2020. And so I think maybe the fact that more teams have kind of gone through this now could be one reason that they, they might get to keep it on Sunday night. I'll criticize the league. I think they're kind of not really being consistent with this kind of stuff. I think they're kind of picking and, and choosing as they go along. And I think there's a video of Sean McVay there at night yelling at his team in the locker room. He's not wearing a mask. So that, no hubbub about that. So I just think that um, it's just kind of random and they kind of do things, not a lot of logic or uh, overall plan. They're trying to get this, the season through as best they can. I know they want to push it forward, but I would like to see some more consistent logic and more consistent follow through on things they do. Yeah, I guess we might see that now that they've instituted this new uh, intensive protocol that's going into effect on Saturday where um, I guess all meetings are going to be virtual and you have to wear masks at all times, even if you're at practice um, around guys who are tested. So, you know, you would like for that kind of stuff to be decided before the season. But I mean, you know, we're here now, so you got to Got to adjust it and do the best you can. But hopefully that 
new protocol uh, makes it a little bit more uniform across the league. I think where fans more so get frustrated is the lack of uniformity when it comes to how punishments are given out. And I think that's what you're alluding to. You know, obviously the, t- the Titans pretty much got away with massive violations with the teams like the Raiders are, are fined over a million dollars. So I think they need to figure that part out as well. Like you can't pick and choose who you do and don't punish for it. You know, I mean, if you're the Raiders, got to potentially be fear that more punishments could be coming because, I mean, if you've got this many people um, registering as close contacts, I mean, with the protocols in place, these guys are not, you know, supposed to be really spending that much time around each other in close quarters without masks. And so if you're registering this many close contacts, you know, you hope the Raiders don't see some more severe punishments but i mean they've already been punished once i mean they're they're a repeat defender i don't know how they'll they'll view all of this i mean it'll come down to how they uh in- investigate it when they look back at uh, all the cameras that they have installed at facilities now but hopefully this doesn't mean that the raiders end up getting uh getting dinged again it is a big number i'll say that seven guys on top of three that's a lot so yeah you're right i mean uh, we'll see what happens in the rest of the week but uh there definitely is a lot of close contact going on um, Raiders headquarters. Some positivity. Adam Schefter tweeted that Trent Brown might be cleared next week. So there's that. There's that. Other news. Raiders uh, look like they're bringing in Vic Beasley for uh, for a visit. They're going to take a look at him as a, as a potentially a addition at pass rusher, obviously. The way the NFL is now, I mean, with, with the protocols, it's not like you can just sign a guy in and bring him right in. So we'll, we'll see what happens there with him uh him visiting and potentially uh potentially looking at him he's a clemson guy but he's pretty low on the all vic team i gotta say he has had a rough, rough couple of years i'm not sure he's gonna be a lot of help but whatever i guess can't hurt to kick the tires and see how it goes who's on the all vic team uh i got a long list but all right, all right now let me, let me <laughs> next week we'll go over next week come on give us one guy Who, who's your first who's <laughs> one one first team all vic guy is it is it just a clemson list or no nah, i got oladipo we got we got me we got uh Victor Mature, famous actor. We got uh, a lot of ones. I can't. I, I can't think of them right now. But it's, it's a big list. Oladipo and Tafer are, are the first two on the <laughs> list. Good. Good to know. Tafer's number two. We gotta have a top five next week. All right. Well, I'll work on that. I'll, I'll have it somewhere. I'll, I'll dig it out. You really have it like written down somewhere? No, I'm, I'm not. Don't. But I'm, I will by next week, though. I love that. I think you really do. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my. It's on my wall in my room. Like a big poster size. The rankings change. If I, if I have a bad week, I move down. I can move up. I can move around the board a little bit. It's like a board, like a draft yeah, draft board. Like it's like a draft board. Yeah, there's, there's movement. Okay. Okay. He's, got, he's got magnets. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Vic Fangio is pretty high on the list, but last week he had a bad week though. But I like Vic Fangio. So he moved down. Last, he moved down. Last he moved down. Yeah. He was ahead of me. He was ahead of me. Now he's below me. So. All right, let's talk about the game. There is still a game. It's still an exciting game. I mean, the Raiders and the Chiefs and. Apparently, it's Busgate now, right? You know, this is ridiculous. Next question. How much do you guys really think Andy Reid is actually bothered by it? Or how much do you think he's just messing around by, like, throwing that out there as as something? Because I, I have a hard time imagining Andy Reid actually being bothered by the Raiders' bus taking a victory lap. But just the fact that he was able to throw it out there and get Vic to ask Gruden about it and have Gruden get pissed off probably made uh, Andy Reid's day. Yeah, you can't be wearing that many Hawaiian t-shirts and get ticked <laughs> off about a, a bus ride around the stadium. So I, I definitely think he might be using it just for a little extra motivation, you know, because he, he wants the team pissed off. I mean, you know, the Raiders were 
the only team to beat them, what, like a year and a half? So they're going to come out pissed off, and they're going to use whatever it takes to add that little extra motivation if, if they need it. Also, I guarantee you when Andy Weed watches SportsCenter and sees Gruden's reaction, I'm sure he laughed his ass off. I'm sure that's kind of what he wanted. I'm sure he's poking fun at his old buddy and having a good time with the whole thing. Laughed his ass off and then texted him. Exactly. I'm like, hey, gotcha. <laughs> we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. What do we think about this matchup? I mean, obviously, unideal scenario for the Raiders having to go into this game without uh, a lot of their defensive guys being able to prepare. But, I mean, the Raiders made a few defensive plays last time they, they faced the the Chiefs. Got a great game out of Derek Carr. Um, now we're we're indoors. I mean, can, can the Raiders do it again? It's not impossible. I mean, it would have to be... It's not impossible? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that, that's almost as good as why it's going to happen eventually. It's not impossible. <laughs> if they can make it just a flat-out shootout, yeah, I think this offense has proved, you know, even with the offensive line being banged up. By the way, you know, Colton Miller, I don't think we mentioned he returned to practice today, so there's a chance he could be back this week. I think this offense can can score against anybody and put up a lot of points. I already didn't expect the defense to – I mean, it didn't play that great the last time they played. They gave up 24 points in the first half, but they did have that really nice second half where they pretty much locked up the Chiefs until the end of the game. Um, I didn't see that happening again, and, and now with – Several members of the defense either being out or not having any practice time. I, I definitely don't expect them to really be able to slow down the Chiefs. So, I mean, they can win a shootout. Uh, I think their offense can score against the Chiefs. Uh, I wouldn't say no problem, but pretty high clip. So, yeah, I think they can get it done. I, I don't know if I, I, just, I just don't know if I have faith in the defense this week. One thing that was pretty surprising was uh, us, us checking run defense DVOA, and the Chiefs are the third worst. They have a third worst run defense. So, you know, the Raiders are running the ball better than they did before they played the Chiefs in the, in the first game. I mean, the, I think they're just really in sync right now. You know, if they can control the ball and if the Chiefs mess up, you know, or, you know, botch a couple drives, the Raiders might have a chance to milk the clock and keep the ball for a really long time. And uh, that might be one of the ways that they could make it possible to win this game. Yeah, I agree. They got to have to run the ball. Ted mentioned the thing on Twitter. They ran the ball 11 straight times last week and something like that. You got to take control of the game and run the clock and keep their offense off the field. I think 
Obviously, the lack of practice time is going to hurt a lot on defense because for some reason they were able to catch Mahomes off guard in the third quarter last time. They had some things that he didn't expect, and I think they want to pivot off that and try some different things off of that, which now you really have a hard time doing on Zoom. So I think it will be tough for the defense to hold them under uh, 30 points, 35 points. So you need the offense to really step up and have a big day. After you know the Raiders beat them deep a bunch of times in the first matchup, you know I'd, I'd imagine that they'll probably play backed off a little bit more against the Raiders than they did in that first game. They don't want to get beat deep by Ruggs or or Aguilar, so you know that might open up more opportunities for a run game. And Derek Carr's been on top of his pre-snap reads, getting the Raiders in the right play. You know the offense is still intact, and I, I think if they're playing well, then they have a chance to win this game. I mean, we were expecting a shootout anyways. So, you know, yeah, the defense is going to be hurt, but it, it's still going to be a shootout. I think it's going to come down to who, who has the ball last. All right. This just in here as we're recording on Wednesday afternoon, uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter uh, saying that with Las Vegas placing seven players on the reserve COVID-19 list today, there's still no change to the status of Sunday night's Raiders-Chiefs game. Those high-risk close contact players in quarantine will be eligible to participate in the game provided they continue to test negative. So I think it, it probably points to, you know, as long as there's no further positive tests, uh, this should this should still remain a uh, a Sunday night football game. That was probably a good thing last time that the Raiders were taken off Sunday Night Football because that was an ugly one against the Bucks. But how they can do here, I mean, they've got the reigning AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Let's talk a little bit about Jeff Heath. He only played 48% of the snaps. We know how well he played with the two interceptions. Obviously, if for some reason, uh, you know, Jonathan Abram is not able to get cleared and be back out there on Sunday, uh, that would increase the role for Jeff Heath. But is it time that even if you have... Abram out there that the safety duo should more often than not be Abram and uh, Jeff Heath? I think so. I wrote about that a little bit after the game last week. Uh, it just seems like he's, you know, he hasn't, you know, played nearly as much as Harris. And, you know, you know, you can maybe argue that Harris is a better run stopper, but I just think, you know, Heath provides a big up- upgrade in coverage. Um, and it's not just interceptions. Like, obviously, interceptions are nice, but they're, you know, not the end all be all, but even when you look at the completion percentage allowed, he's he's allowing a, a lower rate than Harris. And I think, you know, especially going into this kind of a matchup, whether Abram is there or not, uh, or if Abram is out there, I, I think you probably want to start Heath anyway. You know, if not this week, then maybe in the future, I'll see that happening just because Harris, while he's, you know, made some nice hits and, and been solid and run support. He just makes too many mistakes in coverage, I think. And that'll, that kind of thing can burn you And when you have closer games, you know, going into the, the latter half of the season and, and going into the playoffs. I kind of disagree. I think the last time we saw Heath play most of the game was against the Bucks game. He wasn't very good. So I know he's made some big plays and he made some interceptions and been in the right place. Had a great read and, and reacting that one on Sunday. But to me, I think Harris is, I mean, not a lost cause. I think they probably keep splitting snaps. I think that was a good solution on Sunday. I think they both bring different things. And Eric Harris had a big game last year with the three picks. So I think he can still make big plays also. So I wouldn't totally give up on Harris quite yet. I think I like the 50-50 thing um, for a while and see how that goes. Yeah, but Heath just looks so much more athletic than Eric Harris. I know Eric Harris, he's a, a player that works hard, and I'm sure he studies hard, but Heath just looks like he's a much better athlete than Harris is. So, you know, against the Chiefs' speed, I think Heath should get more snaps in this game. Well, Tachan mentioned uh, Colton Miller back at practice on Wednesday. Very good sign. The Raiders would love to get their uh, left tackle back. 
What does that do for the right side? Sam Young uh, has played there, has been struggled to finish games. Uh, does Brandon Parker slide over there now until uh, Trent Brown is ready to come back? Well, Gruden was asked about today. He said they're weighing all options, which I'm not sure what that means. But I think it's definitely a possibility. I'm probably the last guy to talk about Parker besides Ted because I've been wrong about him all year long. So he's played really well the last two weeks. Uh, maybe he has more upside and more like, you know, can, and last in a game longer than Sam Young can. So uh, I, I don't know. Last longer in a game. That's that's his big talent. He can play a whole game. That's the bar. The bar is not very high. I mean, the bar, I'm putting it pretty low. All right. Let me apologize to Brandon Parker again. Every week? Because... You apologize every week? Come on, man. He's got... Vic is going, I mean, Ted is going to Vegas this week just to be able to slip an apology note. He's going to slip it to somebody who can slip it to Brandon Parker because he can't go apologize in person, but he's going to slip an apology note to Brandon Parker. And I was going to say, my bad, man. And that's it. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I watched the film again, and man, Parker just—he dominated Bradley Chubb. He dominated Bradley Chubb. Wow, Wow. dominated. Wow, he he pancaked him like three times in this game on pass blocks. Trade Trent Brown. Too bad the headlines passed. Chubb got one pressure, but other than that, your next story's got that headline: Brandon Parker dominates Bradley Chubb. Put some film in there. I think a lot of clicks. I'll click. I guess the debate is: is it because? Left tackle is his natural position. But, I mean, I think he, he's overall an improved player. And he did play well against the Browns at right tackle. So, I, you know, I think if you do move the right tackle, it's just not – obviously not great for him moving around. But I think he'll fare better than the Young. Young just hasn't been playing that well. Yeah, and Young today, he was limited with a knee and back injury. He practiced, but I feel like he's been beat up the whole season – so I think if, especially if his health is compromised at all, I'm with Ted here to put Brandon Parker out there. He's like an 11 year vet, right? That's a lot of uh, a lot of wear and tear, man. I can't imagine 11 years in the trenches. Yeah, it looks like it so far. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna play all game next game, and you guys are gonna have to come back and apologize for him being able to play a whole game. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, let's uh, let's take a few questions here. I uh, sent out the request a little bit late, so we're but we do have a, a few questions. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the smart ass one uh, from Jess Aguirre. Is it possible this many defensive players missing would even matter? Only slightly kidding. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Yeah, it matters, of course, of course. Now you might just give up forty something instead of thirty something. Now, yeah, it's a little bit worse for them. It could be a fifty burger or a forty burger. So I, I think you know if these players don't play. I mean, I, I think the Chiefs might be able to put up 50, honestly. So I, I think it does matter. 50? Wow. If they don't play, come on. You said the Browns was going to score 48 or whatever it was. was it no, that was, that was not me. That was not me. That was about Vic. Was he, was, he was like outraged at the 50. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, Derek Carr last year before their Chiefs matchup, you know, basically said something like, hey, if we don't get our stuff together, they're going to score 50 on us. So Derek Carr said it last year about him. I mean, we're allowed to say it. I didn't say 50. I said 48, though, right? So that's different. Ooh. 50 is a bigger number. I was wrong, obviously. The wind. The wind killed me. That was with the starters, though. You said Otherwise, I'll be, I'll be golden. No wind, I'm golden. That's all right. 
All right. Uh, another question here from X Man Trainee. Uh, the race for the wild card in the AFC is crowded. Which teams in the crowded field have the best shot? Well, let's handicap the uh, the AFC playoff race. I mean, uh, for the as as good as the Raiders are doing. I mean, at, at six and three. I mean, it's we had fun with saying they clinched a playoff spot, but certainly they haven't. Uh, I'm looking at some of the odds. If you go to five thirty eight, they have the Raiders with a seventy percent chance to make the playoffs. Still giving them an eleven percent chance to win the division. Wow, seventy! They have them with better odds than the Titans, who are also six and three. They're giving them a sixty percent chance. Uh, the Browns, they have that's another six and three team at fifty eight percent. And the Dolphins, six and three, they're only giving them a forty five percent chance. So, out of the the six and three teams in the AFC, uh, other than uh, the Colts, are the only team that that five thirty eight gives uh, better odds at making the playoffs. Agree? Disagree? I think the Dolphins are for real. I like the Dolphins. I think they're, they've uh, great coach been a great job this year with all the quarterback change and defense is playing well. They got a good pass rush. The expensive secondary playing well. So I like the I like the Dolphins probably uh, almost as much as I like the Raiders. I think they have some pretty good odds. I think uh, I'm not sold on the Colts. I think Phillip Rivers is not uh, not what he used to be, obviously. But uh, I think the Raiders have a great chance because of obviously their schedule. They they still play. What, the Broncos again, the Jets, and the Chargers? I mean, uh, that's a pretty good schedule. The Colts, what helps them is the AFC South. I mean, they've, they've got them and the Titans. I mean, they're tied for first. They are in first place, uh, you know, technically in the AFC South right now. Them and the Titans are both six and three, and they've got the Texans and Jaguars that they get to play, you know, so two and seven and one and eight Jags. So that, that's what helps those two teams is that they get to play those bottom features in the division. Texans are still a dangerous team. I think any team with Deshaun Watson still always feels dangerous to, to beat you. I think I'm the high, highest on the Titans out of that group, besides the Raiders that you just listed. I mean, I think between Derrick Henry and how well Ryan Tannehill's playing and A.J. Brown, I think their defense is pretty decent. So that's probably the team that I think would, you know, if you're just saying who gives the Raiders, I guess, the most trouble when it comes to making the playoffs, that could be the one. You know, as you said, they're playing outside of the Colts in the division that has some some bad teams at the bottom. That could be interesting down the stretch if if the team standing in the Raiders' way is the Titans and they didn't get the, you know, the forfeit or whatever for the, the Rona violation. So that that could make some some Raiders fans upset, I'm pretty sure. I did leave out one one other six and three team. Sorry, the, the Ravens. Uh, they are 86% chance to make the playoffs uh, at six and three. I'll stick with the Titans. The Ravens, I don't know what's up with their offense. They're kind of, offense is looking kind of scary the last few weeks. So I'll, I'll stick with the Titans for now. Yeah, that loss to the Patriots definitely shocked me. I didn't see that one coming. I thought they'd be able to handle the Patriots pretty easily. So definitely some problems in, in Baltimore. Well, the Raiders played a Dolphins in week uh, 16. So that could be a huge game. All right, question here from Garrett H. on the app. Uh, we are halfway through the season. Who do you think will emerge in the second half? My money is on Damon Arnett, but for a playoff run, we'll need an interior defensive lineman to emerge as well. How about the key to defense? The key finally turns Malik Collins. Big second half of the season. I'm he made a couple him. plays on Sunday. He did. I'm calling it Malik Collins. That's my guy. Key. The key turns. Does Arden Key turn the key? Arden Key, I, I, that's the problem with my pun because they have Arden Key, so that's really it's not a great pun. But uh, you, 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 you get what I'm saying. Yeah, they both they both turn. They both, both keys turn. How about that? Both keys turn, and they get some pass rush from the inside and the outside. I liked how David Arnett looked against the Broncos. I mean, his two best performances were against the Patriots and the Broncos, who don't have a lot of great wide receivers. He looked good in both games. So curious to see how he will match up against some better receivers, but you know, 
Mullen has been really solid on the other side, and if they have another solid corner, I think that's going to be big for the defense. Yeah, I'll go with Arnett, too. Hopefully at some point his his hand is you can get out of that cast for good and, and be healthy. But uh, I think just in terms of impact um, among players who either haven't been available or you know haven't played that well, he could be up there. Also, you know, I mean, we saw that report earlier that, that Brown might be back working out next week. So if he's able to come back going into the playoffs, that would give them a pretty big boost, not having to depend on Sam Young or even though he's been better, uh, you know, Brandon Parker still not Trent Brown. So, you know, if, if Brown is able to come back from the COVID-19 list, he'd probably be my, my next choice. I'll take Nicholas Morrow. I mean, he played obviously really well on Sunday and, uh, We'll see how when, when Corey Littleton's back, how they divvy up the time. But I think Morrow's definitely earned more playing time. We'll see if he gets it. Um, but I'll, I'll say Nicholas Morrow keeps uh, making a few plays out there for the defense. I mean, they they need defensive playmakers at linebacker. And uh, if, if you got somebody that can make some, uh, get him out there and let's see what he can do. All right. Time for predictions. Boom, boom, boom. Did any of us predict the Raiders? Uh, no, none of us predicted the Raiders in week five when they went into Kansas City and won, other than our boss, Tim Kawakami. He's not here. You guys don't want to hear him anyway. So let's, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm just being real. We all. <laughs> oh, that's good. One. Hey, it's the truth, guys. Shout out to Tim Kawakami. Shout out. I don't think he's getting all the way to this point in the podcast. So anyways. What's our predictions? Who who who's gonna go out on the limb? I'm gonna start with Ted. I got an inkling Ted might go out on the limb. He he's going to Vegas. He might be calling a win. No, no, I, I got uh, Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm not getting crazy. I got Raiders losing this game. I think it's gonna be a shootout, but I think the Chiefs pull out in the end, uh, forty-eight to forty-one. We're going high. That's gonna be a fun Sunday night game. <laughs> Obviously, we have the we don't know exactly what's going to happen with the defense going into the game, but I think either way, I was going to pick the Chiefs. I guess I didn't learn my, my lesson from the first time, so I think I'm breaking my streak. I picked the Raiders for like three weeks in a row, so I got I got to break it. I'm going with the Chiefs. It's all good. You got them into the playoffs. You got them in their three game winning streak. You can you know you can chill now. Yeah, job to finish. Job to finish. I'm taking the Chiefs too. I mean, like you, I, I w- was going to anyway, and then. We what we learned in the week, the the Bucks week, is that practice is important, and not having this many guys out there to prepare to to face Patrick Mahomes. And I mean, we have we've gotten this far in the podcast without mentioning that uh, Andy Reid is eighteen and three as a coach coming off of a bye, and it seems like he always comes off a bye uh, for at least one of the game for not at least for, for for one of the games with the Raiders. It's four times in five years now that he's uh, the Chiefs have had their bye before a matchup with the Raiders, and um. I mean, 18-3 just kind of speaks for itself. So I'll say 38-28. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Chiefs. I got uh, I got 37-33. I think, to me, the defense, like you said, the lack of practice time. If they were going to pull off anything you know, out of the ordinary, kind of other hats and surprise Mahomes again, they're going to need some practice time to do it. So I think this really hurts them as far as just being on Zoom for the rest of the week. And I think um, the offense is very, very good, but I think they don't um, – Get to that elite level quite yet, so I think they fall a little bit short. So I'll say 37-33 Chiefs. All righty, guys. Well, that'll wrap up this week's episode of State of the Nation. We will be back, of course, on Sunday night, late night. You'll probably listen to us Monday morning, but we'll uh, we'll be cranking it out late night, Sunday night, after the Raiders' Sunday night football game. We assume we'll stay a Sunday night football game. Uh, last time we told you we were going to be having a Sunday night football game, we lied, and it, it was moved by the time uh, the game happened, but... 
we're going to assume this one does stay there and we'll see what happens and uh we'll talk to you on sunday uh, a quick programming note we will be taking uh, the midweek show off next week for the thanksgiving holiday so uh, you won't hear from us in the middle of the next week, but we will have a post-game show for you after they take on the Atlanta Falcons. So we'll talk to you guys on Sunday night. Later. Adios. Peace. You know, this is ridiculous. Next question. <laughs>